it's wonderful how how the American people display their sportsmanship. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Whenever you are listening to this, this is the Often Daunted Podcast hosted by me, your host, Burke White. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is following up the Penn State Nittany Lion game in which Indiana falls to the Penn State Nittany Lions 71-85 to in a game that was just an utterly upsetting disappointment. And uh, there have been a few of such games over the course of this season. This time around, I wanted to reach out. Uh, through the Big Banter Network I have here at my disposal, and uh, get a hold of Noah Odige of the Cutting Down the Knits podcast. I wanted to have him on to shake things up because I was getting so tired of just coming on here saying the same thing. Indiana let in a huge lead slip away. Guards didn't give him anything. Indiana's bench, three points. Like, just zero production. Like It, it was all the same thing. I felt like this episode needed something different. So I, I, I'm happy and I'm so grateful that Noah was able to come on the podcast. So I will be getting you on to that interview with Noah Odige before getting you into the Indiana news around Indiana news out there. Uh, quite, quite a quick turnaround since the last episode, so not too much to offer you. Following that, we'll get into some of the news around the conference, including that Big Ten SEC uh, coalition they got going on, as well as a I mean, slight preview of Ohio State, but was there really to preview? I've already previewed it before. Just getting on to the current state of Ohio State, who needs to be a must-win like this Ohio State as much as they are freaking tail spinning we need to destroy them uh, not just we just need to beat them after that preview i will get you out of here with a hoosier history hit again just a lot of the same characteristics that have been the most frustrating on this season we're on full display in this game and I, i'm yeah i'm gonna kick it to me and Ni- me and noah because that was a lot more fun than just once again repeating everything that i have through several losses on the season so let's get you into that Thank you so much for tuning in to the Often Daunted podcast. And like I said, uh, heading out on the sign out on last week, week's episode, I wanted to reach out and have Noah D. John from the Cutting Down the Knits podcast uh, just to recap the game with me. I figured that it'd be a lot of fun to have, it on, have him on and just rub it in his face about how awesome the Hoosiers were. But alas, Indiana did what they've been doing, which is just squander away opportunities to get, I mean, resounding wins. Indiana just has an inability this season to really put their, you know, heel on the throat of the opponent. And we've seen it time and time again. Penn State was the most recent account. And damn, if it wasn't on the back of just some high caliber shooting from those. uh, I mean, I guess Hicks wasn't really a guard, but I mean, just the guards just absolutely took it to Indiana's guards. You know, you said you said it right there that Indiana has definitely lost the opportunity a bunch of times this season to get, you know, a statement win. And it's weird because. I would say Indiana this year has had a lot of statement games, but no statement wins at all, at all. And I mean, as an Indiana fan, it must be very frustrating to see a team that can definitely try and take it to the next level, not have that victory that really says, oh, yeah, this team is here and this team is for real. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there isn't like really our stretch of games prior to the Iowa game that we came off of before the Penn State game, the Purdue to Wisconsin um, to Illinois. Those games were really important to this team. Let down all three of them. Thank yep. God we were able to come back, kind of clean it up for Iowa. But it, but just when we have any momentum, man, it's it's like as as whatever you say about this Penn State team, that was a morale crushing defeat for this Indiana program. And Especially, I mean, it, well, it, it it should be like this is a first year head coach, which credit to Penn State. Mike Rhodes looks like he's the guy. I mean, it's it's a sample size of one game largely, 
But I feel like just what he I, – I just looked into the defensive numbers for Penn State and just what he's able to get those guys to do, able to just generate turnover score in – score points off turnovers. Like, it, they, Penn State absolutely killed Indiana in that regard. It, it's weird, too, because, you know, when we played Mike Woodson's team, I think the last time these two teams saw each other was the Big Ten Tournament semifinals. This was a two different teams. I mean, Indiana definitely was on the way up, and then who knew for Penn State would be definitely a crushing um, decline from you know the March Madness making a team that was last year. But you know, my thing which makes the Indiana win loss even bad for you guys is the Hoosiers made Penn State look like a team that they haven't looked like this entire year, and that's a three point shooting team. This is one of the worst teams in the entire Big Ten and the entire nation at shooting the three, even though they're in the top three in three point percent rate and that you caught them on one of the only nights that this team was literally hitting everything. Zach Hicks had probably had his best um, game of the year. Shamil Brown comes off the bench and just completely looks unguardable from deep. And, you know, Ace Baldwin comes and has an even better performance. He's looking like a real lead guard for the Nittany Lions. And all this without Penn State's arguably their best player, Kanye Clary. I, as a, as a Hoosier fan, I would just be beside myself. On yeah, yeah. Well, we are well beside ourselves, man. Like you said, Penn State shooting 31.5% heading into that game. Going 12 for 22 in that one, ending the night 54.5. Absolutely astounding from just the high-shooting Nittany Lions Saturday. And and what's interesting about when I look at this game is not only, like, you have the storylines. First off, Penn State coming off of a road win at Rutgers where they haven't won in almost a decade. And then going into Bloomington where they haven't won in literally a decade. You would think that the odds would be stacked against them, a game that Indiana was very much favored in and very much had control of in the first half. Um, I, I wonder if... And I mean, granted, this is you're not you don't have a Trace Jackson Davis on this team. No, sorry. And you know, Trey Galloway is there, but is he really the number one scorer that you thought he'd be this year? Um, Kiel, Khalil, where he's been fantastic this year and he was fantastic this game. But at the end of the day, if you're not having a guy that can go and get you buckets and go and get you stops like they needed this this game, it makes you wonder how how far can this Indiana team go? Because Mike Woodson, I'm pretty sure he had tournament aspirations this year, oh, and yeah. you know, weirdly enough this Indiana team does not, they don't have that statement win, like we said. And I, I'm starting to wonder about the longevity of this team as we go, you know, into the late stretches of February and March. Like, what does this team look like when they have to play, you know, Illinois again, when they have to play, I don't know if they played Purdue twice yet, but, you know, they have Ohio State on the road next, you know? See, that, yeah, but like that, that is a game that if we lose right now with as bad as Ohio State's playing, man, that that, that would just absolutely gut my just faith in this program. I like if, if there's a game to bounce back or it is as bad as Ohio State is playing right now. Um, I would I would honestly say that should be told out of the next five games for the Hoosiers, that Ohio State game might be the game that you need to win because you have Purdue on the road. Northwestern is playing amazing basketball right now. They come to Bloomington. Then you have Nebraska who's also playing well. And then Penn State on the road again, a place where Indiana struggled in the last couple of seasons in the Bryce Jordan Center. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, hey, wins in this conference are few and far between. You got to get them when you can. I mean, look, when you look at the Hoosiers in the Big Ten, I mean, the Big Ten this year, you can probably say that there's definitely tiers to the contenders. You have the Purdue, the Wisconsin's, the Illinois, maybe Nebraska. I don't know how real they are yet. And then you have that mid-tier of teams that definitely could be anybody on any given day. Should be told, Penn State is not in that middle tier, and they're in the bottom tier. They're, yeah. they, with this win on the road against the Hoosiers, they finally got back to 500. And I think, for me, I, I don't know how good this Penn State team is yet. This is... I know Mike Rose has done a fantastic job with this group of players, and it's a testament to the wins that he has. He has a win against Ohio State. He has a win against Wisconsin. He has two amazing road wins so far. I don't know how good this Penn State team is 
So I don't know whether or not to be impressed by the win or to be even more if you should be more disappointed by the loss. Oh well, if it if it makes up your mind, we are definitely disappointed in this loss. Like you just said, it was a milestone game before this, beating Rutgers in the rack for first time in a decade. It, this was a game of two teams, one of them just making history, like milestones, historically positive ones, mm-hmm. like while Indiana's just making historically negative ones. This, I mean, you you can't really call this Penn State game historic because Penn State beat us like I think it was 2014, 2016. They said, yeah, but. It, it, it just comes off the tail of the Illinois game in which Indiana doesn't sink a single three-pointer in the for the first time in 10 years. It comes off of the game in which Purdue beats us for the largest margin that they ever did in Assembly Hall or the three buildings prior. <laughs> and then uh, also, yeah, oh yeah, the Wisconsin game, 20 straight in Madison. Like, absolutely insane. Exactly. It, it, it's Dude, it's just a, it's a season of misery right now. This team, every time they, they do something to give you a little faith, like that air, that gritty Iowa win, which we had guys go down, injuries abound. And, man, it's it's just when you get back up for a squad like this game, it just this takes you – this just takes it out of you as a fan. It's absolutely I mean, crushing. Do you think <laughs> – No offense you think, to your program right now. But. No, trust me, I get it. I mean, look, Penn State basketball in my lifetime has made, has made the tournament three times, and you're coming from Indiana basketball who's, you know, literally a blue – could be considered a blue blood. So, in my opinion, like, I'm going to say this for the Indiana Hoosiers. Does it get better this season? Is Mike Woodson really the guy that's, you know, that can take this team where they need to be? This is what, Mike Woodson's third year um, with yeah. the program? I mean, I was there um, in the 2021 – Big Ten tournament t- tournament where I heard Indiana fans boo their own team, you know, and I thought that was the lowest that the program could ever be. And now you're at a point where you haven't reached the de- the, the heights that they expected to reach. There's no reason why Trace Jackson Davis hasn't been in a Big Ten championship game, you know. Yeah, There's no reason yeah. why that uh, Mike Woodson hasn't shown that, you know. Th- truth be told, this this year of all the years outside of Purdue. There should have been that race for the number two team in the Big Ten was up for grabs, and Indiana has not shown the initiative to go and take it. Honestly, the two like I really thought that Indiana and Maryland were going to be serious contenders. I thought Maryland was going to be a lot better than they are this year. Maryland was like my runaway, just like in my head, I was like they are going to be like second or third best. I thought they were back. I legitimately was fully on the Maryland. Yeah, I mean, again, I I bought in a little too much to just experienced point guards myself. That being (laughs) said, Jameer Young, I mean, he's given them reason to believe in experienced point guards for sure well, but for for the point guard problem for you guys you guys have definitely like shoot this team misses Jalen Hutchinson Jalen Hutchinson oh my god yeah fantastic. yeah dude yeah there's so many times throughout the season you just re- retrospectively watch a game and you're like well Jalen would have done this year we probably would have pulled that out there we yeah it, it's interesting too because this is one of the games where literally Indiana kind of outplayed Penn State on the rebounding end. They, you know, even though they turned the ball a little more over, they had they have a better team. They have a better team, not necessarily defensively, because I will say Penn State's defense, as good as it is, is not very structured. We have a great defensive guard in um, Ace Paul's win. Zach Hicks is here and there. Nick Kern, I think, is one of the best defenders in the entire Big Ten, and I think he's really underrated. He might be the most underrated player in the Big Ten. And then that's pretty much it. You're talking about a team that, and you saw in the rebounding numbers, had no presence in the paint. Kudos will have. It's Kudos Waha. That's I'll just leave it there at that. But and he really mu- he very much got you know destroyed by Khalil Ware inside. So what what happened? Watching this game, what happens in your eyes to the Hoosiers? Well, just the backcourt, the the backcourt production alone. I, I think I have it somewhere here. Sorry, no, deal you're with good. me. Um, twelve points from Trey Galloway. I mean, that's all right. That that would be a game that usually when Trey gives you twelve points, that's a, that's a healthy contribution from him. Like mm-hmm. that is that is. If, if, if he averaged 12, I'd be happy. Um, 
But just Indiana's backcourt absolutely dwarfed by Penn State, which uh, each side, Indiana's guards were able to combine for 17. I just told you 12 of those were trays. Penn State was able to drop 48 from the guard position. It's just that it's just that's what it is. It, it's that it's it's Kalel Ware just coming out from the half a step slow. Whatever happened there, he goes into the half with 17 points, perfect from the floor. It's that and and yeah, man, it's just the lack of Xavier Johnson in this game. Like he, yeah, he would, it would have been nice to have him, but again, like I, I say that saying, yeah, if we if we have our guy, then yeah, we'll see how it goes. But you guys didn't have Kanye Clary, and also just what we have gotten out of Xavier this year is a lot of expectations dwindled a lot of a lot of falling short of expectations and you can say you can say that's fair or unfair but what i have been saying on the show is this guy is has an like unparalleled amount of experience for college basketball because he's a sixth year super duper deluxe senior and uh yeah as frustrating as he's been like he brings something to the floor we desperately needed here especially because penn state just saw gabe cups and they're they they're just started drooling at the uh, yeah at the I, I, opportunity to get at a rookie a, a freshman point guard like that green Gabe Cups was not did not step up defensively and you could see a lot of they were attacking him on every every which way I mean look I could just say it for you right now there's a lot of things that Indiana has definitely looked uh, they've been lacking in this year you know that they had last year with Trace Jackson Davis which was an easy bucket to go get and a lot more defensively this is one of the teams that truthfully is middling in terms of turning the ball over. You know, they're a team that got they get to the line a lot, but they didn't really get to the line this game, which was one of the things that Penn State has done a good job of where they don't foul a lot and they get to the line a lot. One of the things that this Indiana team is bad at, this is not a good defense at all. Uh, this is one of the few teams in the Big Ten that has a, a, pot, a above 500 record, but, the, but a negative net rating. So, and you've seen that in a lot of the games that they played, they play teams very close and they cannot close at all. And in this game, Penn State went on multiple 10 or more plus scoring streaks so if, if you if you're getting beat on runs like that that is that is no way to win basketball games and a lot of these little intangibles I really and it's sad to say look I'm a Knicks fan so I have already my thoughts on Mike Woodson but a lot oh, of things oh yeah a lot of coming, things coming on to the show with some uh preconceived bias all right of course <laughs> I, I would just say there's a lot of there's a lot of little things that you have to coach out of your team and that does include you know turning the ball over that includes you have to be able to stop the runs and momentum. Indiana, in almost all of their games this year, especially the games where they played, you know, whether it be Purdue, Wisconsin, I mean, what there was a, I forget what team you guys played at the Kansas, I believe, the Kansas game at the beginning of the year. You get they get killed on runs. And when you especially when you're up like Indiana was, when you lose control of the game, I find that Indiana cannot get it back. No, man, this team is truly capable of squandering a 17-point lead during a piss break. Like it, it's it's astounding what this team is able to squander. Like, and it just, it's the most frustrating part of all of it is you see when it's working. You yeah. saw us get to that lead. I think three different occasions we extend it to double digits and you see what it should look like. I don't know what happens to where this team hits a rut. Mike Woodson is unable to find somebody who can, you know, go get one. There, there's, there's some points when you just need a bucket to end the current oppression from the other team. And it, it just, it seems so often that Indiana doesn't have that guy to turn to, it, which is crazy for the talent. You know, it's weird, too, because, like, I'm. there's a lot of games that Penn State has played in this year. I mean, we played Purdue pretty close to, up to an ex- – in the first half, and then it just went it just went down the drain like most lead, uh, most games against Purdue go um, with their opponents. This is a team that lost to Minnesota last week. Minnesota, they had a 17-point lead, and they lost that, that lead. And they lost that game. This is also a team that beat Ohio State after being down 20. This is a team that was in control and – took Wisconsin to the end and beat Wisconsin. 
It's also a team like we just said beat Rutgers and yeah. And I I really don't understand. There are certain things that I'm like I don't understand how Penn State is getting these victories. But it does, in my opinion, like you said, the defense. Penn State is one of the best teams in the entire nation at forcing turnovers. You're talking about a team that's in the upper 90 percentile in steals per game, the upper 90th percentile in points off turnovers per game. You're talking about a team that really, in terms of opponent turnovers, opponents turn the ball over in 19.3% of their possessions against Penn State. That means every one in every five possessions, you're probably turning the ball over against Penn State. And that's a crazy number if you think about it. And if oh, you're yeah. talking about a, a team in Indiana that doesn't that has problems, you know, keeping control of games, a six, a two or three possession um, scoring drought could mean a six point swing in that mm-hmm. in that regards for Indiana. So I think it was just two teams that really have the like they just their flaws are the other person's strengths. And the problem is I, I really wish Indiana could be better at shooting threes. Cause that was another thing too, that they couldn't do. They can't get the points back. You know, I don't know yeah. what it is. Like what's in Mike Woodson doesn't like to, um, to recruit um, three point shooters. And then another thing too, there was nothing off the bench for Indiana. This game, Indiana had three bench points. Mm-hmm. What? And meanwhile, Jameel Brown comes off the bench and pours in 14 points yeah. for the Nittany Lions. So there's, it just sucks in that regard. Yeah, the the bench play has been a continuous theme throughout this where we just can't find, especially from the guard position. Like there is no bucket to be found from the guard position right now. I mean, it, it's it's painful, but that it's the bed we got ourselves into with keeping Xavier Johnson on. Like nobody wanted to come, like as much as it's nice to have the idea of a six-year point guard, like taking control of your offense, nobody was going to join that effort. Nobody Which was, is, yeah. It's, it's interesting too, because you would think that Trey Galloway would be a little better um, in terms of like, becoming that 15 to 20 point per game scorer, but he just simply hasn't been that this year. And truth be told, he's supposed to also be the team's like him and Malik Renault kind of share that, (laughs) but more so Trey, because he's supposed to be the guard there. He's supposed to be the team's facilitator and Xavier Johnson. Again, it might be one of the biggest expectations to fall off in the entire big 10 this year. I thought Xavier Johnson would be easily a first, first team all big 10 this year, but I guess not. Yeah, see, that's the craziest thing was because everybody had thought, hey, he was easily going to be a first-team Big Ten last year with TJD. Like, he was he was like the favorite for all Big Ten heading into last season. And then, like, you, you figure another year under his belt, come back from injury, he should get something, and it just has not paid off as much, like, to an extent at all. So, and, and my, for – I don't know how pessimistic you are about this Hoosier team. In the next nine games, how many games for the Hoosiers do you legitimately see them being able to win, like, handedly? Because, you know, the games where the, it should be easy – are all on the road. And that's yeah. and road wins are very hard to come by in the Big Ten. That's just always been the case. So how much do you see Indiana winning in the next couple months in the next couple weeks? I guess we only have like a month and a half left in the season. Well, Noah, this is the often daunted podcast, and I promote myself as an ignorantly optimistic take on Indiana. And uh yeah. that being said, man, it's it, unless it's assembly hall, I just can't feel good about any of it right now. This team is playing with an inability to get up and compete when uh, they're challenged at all. The, the second they, there's any any side, slight of uh, just discomfort in what's happening, it, it, maybe it's a lack of the coaching to adjust and properly, like, properly address anything that that opposition's throwing at them, but it is just, man, I wish I had, I wish I could feign <laughs> some optimism right now. But well, you, don't, you don't get beat by Penn State like that, and then you're like ready to go back out. Well, let me set the line for you. Over, under, three and a half. Wins in the next nine games. How many nine games? I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna say over. I, I have faith in these guys. Who we got? I didn't even see the schedule. <laughs> Ohio State. Ohio State on the road next. I, uh, I think we can win that. 
I think Ohio State might be the only team in a harder free fall. Okay, Purdue on the road. No, no, no. no we don't have Jalen Hutchinson to go out there and score 34 points or whatever. But, no, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I, All I, right. I, I, yeah. Northwestern I, at home. So that's one win so far you have. Northwestern at home. Oh, man. Uh, I think that our front court's going to eat. I think their backcourt is going to eat. And I think that uh, their backcourt shoots threes. And uh, our front court can only score two points at a time. So, uh, yeah, probably Northwestern in that, man. They're looking good. No, no, no. Northwestern looks really good. All right. Then we have Nebraska at home. So, you guys have a two. Nebraska at home. We can beat Nebraska at home. Okay. If, if, okay. if they're missing, if they are not just nuclear, we can beat them at home. I, All I right. Think. The Penn State on the road. Penn State on the road. I think we can swap. I think we can swap wins. I, I could. I could agree with that. I think we can. All right. And then Wisconsin at home. And just on Penn State, that note, like man, if they were shooting anything near their mean, there's no reason. It's Penn a closer game, game, but yeah. there's no reason Penn State should have won the game. I'm gonna just yeah. say that right now. Penn State <laughs> well, did not play any. The the Penn State that I know. That was not the Penn State that was on the on the floor. Oh, um, isn't that so nice though? When really you're so cool. down on a team and then just a that totally not, different team shows up, isn't that you the have best? To understand. <laughs> I, I usually am delusionally optimist, uh, a delusional optimist with this Penn State team because you kind of have to be to be a fan of Penn State basketball. But legitimately, I remember I was in the stands for the Wisconsin Penn State game and I was just like, "What are we doing? Like yeah. this is not." This. <laughs> I was like, "This is not this team. Like this is not our identity." And you know, then we go and lose our next game. So like I. We get, I think, killed actually in our next game. So I just, I don't, I, Dude, I projecting don't wins in this conference is nuts right now. Which is, everybody's losing everything. Like misery loves company, and there's just so misery, so much misery to go around. Everybody should exactly, be right now. The one of the things too, you always say in the Big Ten, Big Ten basketball has, if you're a good team, good teams have a. Actually, I would say this: elite teams in the Big Ten have an above 500 record on the road. That's what you. That's how you know if you're an elite team because it is. It's almost laughable if you don't have a good um, home record. The only team right now in the Big Ten that has an under 500 home record is Michigan, who is four and seven at home. And they are, first off, the downfall of Michigan has to be studied. This is actually crazy. Yeah. But um, it's like and they it's are, like it's on purpose. It's crazy. And they are bad. <laughs> like they are actually really bad. They're two and nine in the Big Ten in Big Ten play, seven fifteen overall. The second worst team in the Big Ten, which is Ohio State, has a nine and three record at home. So. That's the that's how you know if you're uh, every team in the Big Ten is going to be good at home. If you yeah, have an above yeah. 500 record on the road, that's how, how you know you're an elite team. Only one team in the entire Big Ten even has an above 500 record on the on the road, and that's Purdue with a five and two record on, on the road. Everybody else, the second best team in the Big Ten in Wisconsin is three and four on the road. So yeah, yeah. that that's the, those those are the only two things I can say from from a get, engaging how the conference is going to go. Great teams are going to have a somewhat decent record on the road. Every single team is going to be able to, you know, somewhat defend their home court. Literally, Penn State is nine and three, and as a Penn State fan, I've been a Penn State fan for the last five years. This is the most losses we've had at home at this point in my five years being a fan yeah. here, and we and we're nine and three at home. So, to, the fact that we're we're get first off, the fact we're getting road wins is crazy to me. I I personally have never lived in a, in a world <laughs> where we get this many road wins, but it's so hard to gauge a big 10. So when I look at a team like Penn state, which is not built for the big 10 and you can see from a lot of their games, but somehow they're catching these teams on terrible nights. It's just Indiana should not have lost that game, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just painful all around. And, and now you're talking about, if you're talking about a Penn state team and Indiana team that are, is one loss or one win away from being the fourth, fourth best team in the big 10 in the standings. Like yeah. literally everything under Illinois is just a smorgasbord of wow. 
because and then if we could really look at it, we could make the tier list where it's Purdue and Wisconsin at the top, maybe Illinois if you want to put them there, and then Nebraska, Northwestern, Michigan State, Minnesota, which is okay, <laughs> Iowa, <laughs> Indiana, Maryland, and Penn State in another tier, Rutgers, and then Ohio State and Michigan at the bottom. So yeah, it's going to be just like last year where you're either ninth or you're third, like within a 12 hour span. And, but it's weird, it's weird too, because when we look at the Big Ten, even right now, there isn't a clear runaway in the Big Ten because, I mean, in my opinion, that today we had we sh- there was the battle of who was going to be the best team in the Big Ten, and Purdue told Wisconsin it's it's them, which sucks because I hate Purdue so much. Yeah, uh, probably you probably hate Purdue more than me. Oh yeah, man. But oh yeah. At the end of the day, I'm going to be honest with you. I still think I don't think obviously the conference is Purdue's to lose right now. I think there's a chance that they slip up in the next couple of weeks. I mean, they end the season with Illinois on the road, and then they play Wisconsin again. Michigan, they also have to take on Michigan State. And I'm going to be so honest with you. I, I, if I was a Purdue fan, I'd be sweating the game against Indiana. I'd be sweating. Why are you breaking my heart like that, Noah? No, Why are you giving me hope? Why are you, I'm telling Indiana, you, I'm coming to terms with this season, and then you come on here. No, I'd, be, I'd be sweating. I'd be sweating <laughs> because the way there's the, the team that showed – Last year, we saw that there was a formula to beat um, Purdue. And teams like Penn State showed the formula to beat Purdue. And we saw what happened in the tournament, right? This year, Northwestern seems to be their biggest gripe because it took – they lost in the um, on the road to Northwestern. And then it took an overtime to get past Northwestern this time. If you get hot from three. Yeah, that's a big if around these parts, Noah. But... For, for the end, it's <laughs> hey, even hey, bigger for I mean, the end, if so, anybody hey. can tell me, hey, any, anything can happen if you're hot from three. I guess it's probably the Penn it's State Indiana, right now. The thing is, it's Indiana. Indiana against Purdue is always going to be, I mean, except yeah. this season, it's always going to be one of those games where you have to look and be like, oh, yeah, this could be a game. But, yeah, again, Indiana Indiana needs that statement win. They don't have a ranked victory this year. And despite playing, I think, of all teams in the Big Ten, they have the most ranked matchups, um, like in terms of not them yeah. being ranked, but they've played the most ranked teams. They they lost to UConn. They lost to Kansas. They they got blown out by UConn. Lost yeah. to Kansas. Got lost blown out Kansas. by Auburn. Yep. God, dude. So, I I don't know. This Indiana team's definitely looking really. I don't know how what's the outlook for them. Maybe that over that over three and a half can hit. I don't know. I think Penn State's outlook looks a lot better than yours because I think Penn State has definitely played the gauntlet of their schedule already. If you look yeah. at Penn State's schedule, they play Iowa at home next, which win in my opinion northwestern on the road northwestern has especially in the last two seasons has not been able to beat penn state i'm gonna take that comfortably michigan state at home is gonna be an interesting one nebraska on the road is also gonna be interesting illinois is gonna be a hard game but that's gonna be in rec hall that's gonna be the big game for penn state that year that this year then we play indiana again which i think is gonna be a win for us iowa on the road a win i think we split with minnesota and i think maryland finishing up for senior day for penn state is gonna be a win for us i think i think things are looking up for the any lions yeah. Hey, man, I can see it because you, you there, there's an argument for anybody to win any day in this conference. It's nuts. So it's With, nuts. It's not the best conference in basketball. It's the, it's the conference that you can <laughs> – it's the reputation for the Big Ten basketball has definitely taken a dip over the last couple seasons. With the, oh, yeah. the Big East looks so good now. The SEC is fantastic. The Big 12 is – don't even get me started on the Big 12, though. And Indiana is just sitting here wanting, waiting to be king again. Dude, we'll, we'll, hey, we'll always wait. We're, we're going to get back there. We'll fire every coach Eventually. we need to get there. <laughs> like, <laughs> we will do whatever we need to do to get back there. Hey, um, 
Look, I'll be rooting from from afar. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Noah. Noah, I can't thank you enough for coming on for your first appearance on the Often Daunted podcast. This was awesome having you on, man. Thank you so of much. Course. Anything you want to plug? Cutting down the Nits podcast at CDTN pod on Twitter, YouTube, Big Banter Sports. The podcast of the best Big Ten basketball team. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but no, you know, ho- hopefully, yeah. February 24th, we're looking at a, se- a season sweep of the Indiana Hoosiers. There you go. And hopefully come tournament time, we're looking at a little run like Penn State had last year to get our asses in that tournament. So, <laughs> so, no, thank you so much, Noah. Hey, looking forward to uh, us working again sometime. Of course. Having, have, yeah. Thank you for having me on. Have a nice one. No problem. Take it easy. I know I didn't mention it during that inter- that during that sit down with Noah, so I just wanted to go ahead and give that show Walter Fish of the game to Kalel Ware for his 25 points, 8 from 8 free throws, made the, one of the two three-point shots he took in the game, as well as tacking on 11 rebounds. Good showing for Kalel Ware. I mean, it was a monstrous first half, and yeah, they didn't carry as much steam into the second, but nonetheless, another huge stat line for Kalel Ware in a heartbreaking Indiana loss. So let's get into the Indiana news. Not much to go on. Um, dug into the Woodson postgame comments a bit. And uh, again, it's just a whole lot of nothing after these losses, man. I just wish you would say anything to, I mean, what can you say to appease the minds of the Hoosier fans out there? But man, it's just, it's the same non-answer every time. And there isn't a hero in that IU media room who can ask the question, <laughs> ask the questions necessary for Mike to elaborate on why we are seeing the same frustrations game in and game out. It's just my note on the IU media room right now. No, I mean, no no offense to any of those writers. They do great work. I just need a hero. Thursday, Woody and Coach Walsh visited Trent Sisley in Heritage Hills. Michigan State, Notre Dame, Purdue, Wisconsin, and Iowa are still very, very heavily in contention for the 6'7", 69 overall recruit. And lastly, while visiting to watch Indiana take on Penn State Saturday, IU offered Tay Kinney. The six-foot guard from the class of 2026 is out of Newport, Kentucky. He is currently the eighth-ranked guard on 24-7 sports and the number 56 overall recruit. Offers for Tay include Xavier, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Notre Dame, and Illinois. On to that conference news for you. And the biggest story out of the college basketball world of this week, the Big Ten has released a statement in tandem with the Southeastern Conference to uh, show that they will be forming an advisory group for uh, college athletics moving forward. This is another step on the road to the death of the NCAA. The uh, Big Ten and the SEC now would will most likely eventually be known as the Big Two. And uh, if this advisory board, just made up of university presidents around the Big Ten, it, I mean, they're, they're going to be able to set, they're going to make the rules. It's going to be their rule book. The largest income earners amongst college athletics between these two groups making all the decisions for college sports. It, 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 people can say that that's not what it's going to be, but that is what it's going to be. Like the, those guys in charge of Big Ten athletics, they, they take their jobs very seriously. They think they pull a lot of sway. Those guys in charge of the SEC, they know they're in charge. Like, uh, it's going to be a new day in college athletics when uh, this advisory board is pulling all the strings. In the uh, release, the Big Ten had said, The Big Ten Conference and Southeastern Conference today announced the formation of, of a joint advisory group of university presidents, chancellors, and athletic directors to address the significant challenges facing college athletics and the opportunities for a betterment of the student-athlete experience. These challenges, including but not limited to recent court decisions, pending litigation, a patchwork of state laws, and complex governance proposals, compel the two conferences to take a leadership role in developing solutions for a sustainable future of college sports. The advisory board will engage with other constituencies as necessary, including consultation with student-athletes and other key leadership groups from within both conferences. 
The Big Ten and SEC have substantial investment in the NCAA, and there's no question that the voices of our two conferences are integral to governance and other reform efforts, said Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti. We recognize the similarity in our circumstances as well as the urgency to address the common challenges we face. There are similar cultural and social impacts on our student-athletes, our institutions, and our communities because of the new collegiate athletics environment, said SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. We do not have predetermined answers to the myriad questions facing us. We do not expect to agree on everything, but enhancing interaction between our conferences will help to focus efforts on common-sense solutions. The advisory group will have no authority to act independently and will only serve as a consulting body. Its composition, charter, and timetable, as well as the specific questions it might examine, have yet to be determined. It's the Big Ten and SEC's world, and we're all living in it, and thank God Indiana got in while the getting was good. Indiana cashed their ticket early, Big Ten Conference. Just a great place to be in today's college basket, in today's just collegiate landscape. Per Tyler Talkman, who once covered the, the Hoosiers, now covering Iowa. Shout out to Tyler Talkman. He was watching an interview following the Iowa, following Iowa's most recent game, and had tweeted out a video of Fran, and, uh, and had said of Fran's discussion after the game, Fran McCaffrey, on if there's frustration regarding the lack of fan turnout this season, Fran McCaffrey had said, the thing about our fans is they really support the team. We make it real easy for you to watch it on TV. And they don't often like the start times during the midweek. You got issues with that. But they show up on the weekends typically. Like, it was a reserved comment, but yeah, the fact that he's even being questioned about attendance, that's a tough look for the Iowa program at the moment. Side note about the standings in the Big Ten currently. With their win over Wisconsin on Sunday, Purdue has moved into sole ownership of that first place spot. Yeah, not a lot to say there. Purdue, Purdue, Purdue. It's the regular season. It's all Purdue. This weekend, the Big Ten fined Chris Collins for walking on the court to justifiably berate a ref with 1.7 seconds left to go in the Purdue game. The Big Ten released the following statement regarding it. The Big Ten Conference issued a institutional fine of $5,000 and a public reprimand of Northwestern University men's head basketball coach Chris Collins for violating the Big Ten sportsmanship policy. The violation is a result of Coach Collins' actions at the end of the Northwestern versus Purdue game on January 31st, 2024. The fine and reprimand are a result of Conference Agreement 10.01, stating in part that the Big Ten Conference expects all con- contests involving a member institution to be conducted without compromise to any fundamental element of sportsmanship. Such fundamental elements include in- integrity of the competition, civility towards all, and respect, particularly towards opponents and officials. With the disparity in free throws and how that game was being called, I think Chris Collins was well within his right to <laughs> throw a fit. Maybe not uh, to the extent he did in which he went onto the floor during live play, but credit to Chris for I mean, <laughs> letting the rest know what they had done. A little portal watch. It's about that time of year. We're going to start looking at portals if anybody's in, unhappy in their current situation. Just bringing up what's going on. And I just wanted to shine a light on the Xavier Booker situation. Oh, I... I, I don't want Xavier Booker in Indiana. I just I like to keep an eye on it because that, that that was an interesting recruitment. Interesting how it's panning out at Michigan State. So here's your portal watch for the week. Just uh, Xavier Booker. Since two weeks ago when Izzo said he was going to be getting Xavier Booker more minutes, Xavier Booker has had some hauls of time, including four minutes versus Northwestern, six minutes versus Rutgers, two minutes versus Minnesota, six minutes versus Wisconsin, seven minutes versus Michigan. Hilarious. Hilarious. Every coach in this conference just lies on the stand. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so that's your portal watch for the week because I have a feeling Xavier Booker isn't too happy with what's with the uh, allotment of minutes he's been given in Michigan State, considering all the options he probably had prior to heading there. Some results around the conference for you. Purdue took 46 free throws and Northwestern took eight in Purdue's 105-96 to victory over Northwestern in Mackey on Wednesday. Purdue went 63% from the line on the game, keeping this close enough to warrant overtime. 
free throws, people, free throws. Like, this, this game wouldn't have went to overtime if Purdue had shot better than 63%. And uh, 63%, that is the Indiana Hoosiers average right now. So that, that number kind of stu- stood out to me and kind of hurt. <laughs> Next game, <laughs> Penn State. This was uh, prior to beating on us. Penn State went into Rutgers and did what the Hoosiers couldn't, uh, beating down on the Scarlet Knights to an impressive score of 61-46. to Ace Baldwin with a 15.5 rebound and 7 assist night. Nebraska fans stormed the court again this season as the Cornhuskers beat number 6 Wisconsin in Lincoln Thursday night. Nebraska comes back from down 18 points in the second half to get the big win. C.J. Wilcher with the team-high 22 points off of the bench for Nebraska. Tony Perkins led the way for Iowa as the Hawkeyes beat Ohio State 79-77 in Iowa City. Perkins drops 20 points while Sanford and Dix each add 15. Iowa winning the points-off turnover battle 17 points to 0. Minnesota beat Northwestern Saturday in overtime, 75-66. Minnesota with the starters doing everything as the bench provided three points toward the victory. Every starter hit double digits and uh, was able to produce here for the Golden Gophers. Much like our own downfall against Penn State, Michigan gave up a 15-point lead at home as Rutgers went to the Chrysler Center to get their Big Ten participation victory over Michigan, 69-59. Clifford Omarui with the 15.11 rebound double-double. Jameer Young's 31 points weren't enough to get Maryland the win in East Lansing as Tyson Walker and Malik Hall each dropped dropped 19 for Sparty's efforts in Michigan State's 63-54 win. Sunday, Purdue had some calls bounce their way down the line, and the uh, Boilermakers were able to beat Wisconsin 75-69 in Madison. Zach Eady with the 18 points, 13 rebounds, and 3 blocks on the day. And lastly, wrapping up Sunday night, Nebraska was able to take it to overtime in Champaign, but ultimately the Illini come out with the 87-84 victory. As Coleman Hawkins drops 20 points, Domask 19, Terrence Shannon 18. Despite shooting 26.5% from deep compared to North, compared to Nebraska's 42.9%, Illinois still gets the win at home. With all those results out of the way, let's get into a message for our partner, and then we will get into the preview of Ohio State and the Hoosier history hit for you. The Often Daunted Podcast is brought to you in partnership with Big Banter Sports. Big Banter Sports, just a network of some of us podcast creators just out there uh, trying to work together, being able to pull each other in when they need, Like just like this Noah Odige interview. Thanks again so much to him. Really great to have these guys in the wings when I need them, when it, to be able to ask these guys for these favors, and I can't thank my partners over at Big Banter enough for that. If you haven't followed them at Big Banter Sports, go follow them. If you haven't followed me at Often Daunted on all socials out there, usually, hey, it, it's good times when it's good times, but... The social gets a little sad when, when this team's down as bad as they currently are. Go give me a follow. If you like the show, please feel free to subscribe. If you haven't, please leave a five-star review if you have been enjoying the show. And if you don't like the show, don't do anything at all. Forget I said there is even a reviewing process. Thank you so much and have a great one. All right, getting into the Ohio State preview. There's not much to talk about in this Ohio State preview. Since losing to us, this Ohio State team is 1-7 in, in their last eight games and currently sitting only one spot above Michigan in the conference. If there were three coaches on the hot seat in the conference right now, I'd say Mike Woodson is, not because of me, but because this fan base does not tolerate what is currently happening with this team. And, uh, yeah, some people are not happy with how Mike, what, what Mike is getting out of these guys. I would say Mike's on there. I would say Juwan Howard is the king of the hot seat in the Big Ten right now. But other than that, Chris Holtman is right there. It's been season after season that this Ohio State team has collapsed down the course of the year. And we are seeing it again in full display this season. Indiana needs to get this win. I could talk about Bruce Thorne, about how he could absolutely go off and have a what is becoming now typical game against the Hoosiers where just the perimeters are grabs and shooters are just absolutely feasting. I could talk about Roddy Gale, where if he's on, he's on, and the Buckeyes are going to, he can win the Buckeyes a game if he's on. I could talk, I could dive into all that, but I mean, I just did that last month and it would read pretty much the same 
only now it would read this team is a lot worse than I thought they were then. Meaning that the Hoosiers need to beat them so much more now than they did then. We got the win before. I'm confident in this team to be able to come out and turn it around because they have before. We've seen great showings following these historic losses. And like, whatever it's worth, Penn State's not really a historic loss, but it's a loss to Penn State in Assembly Hall. If that in its own right isn't historic, like we as a program are slipping further and further from where we want to be. Yeah, very short preview for you because that's all that needs to be said about this Ohio State matchup. Indiana needs to win it. Ohio State... I would say they desperately need to win it, but their season looks all but cooked. All but cooked. So I don't even know what winning this game against Indiana would change for them. Personally, this win changes a lot for me. I, 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 Indiana needs to beat the teams they should beat. And this Ohio State team, as they currently sit, is a team that Indiana should beat. My final prediction, Indiana by seven. Let's get into a Hoosier history it for you. This is your Hoosier history hit. For your Hoosier history hit, I wanted to give a little Pennsylvania history. I mean, it's the Penn State episode. I wanted to bring up Indiana, Pennsylvania. I've oftentimes been like, IUP, where the heck? IU, IU Peru? Indiana University, Peru? Indiana University, what else is a P in Indiana? Well, just to say, it's Indiana University of Pennsylvania, IUP. If, you, if you've seen those initials, if you've done the... <laughs> If you've done the Googling of figuring out what is IUP, you'll know that Indiana University of Pennsylvania is a thing. And I just wanted to look into how Indiana, Pennsylvania got its name. Why is there an Indiana University of Pennsylvania? And that, the reason, long story short, is the school got its name from the town it's in. Indiana takes its name from Indiana County, which is the area it's found in, which in turn gets its name from the Indiana Grant of the First Treaty of Fort Stanwix. The town of Indiana was founded in 1805, to be the county seat and the home of all bureaucratic function for the area. Yeah, really, really nothing much other than they just like the name Indiana. That's how we have an Indiana University of Pennsylvania. I, t I wanted to have a little more like, hey, yeah, this guy named it in because he loved Indiana's beautiful blah, blah, blah. He loved the Indiana Territory's, uh, you know, sprawling hills. No, none of that. I will say that the people there early, pretty early into the slavery discussion, were able to found a paper called the Indiana Independent. Good to know there was an anti-slavery paper out there with the Indiana name on it. Just, uh, just a little side history anecdote. And yeah, that was your Hoosier history hit. Sorry, guys. I, I yeah, I want to find some fun ones for you, but this Indiana team, this wasn't a fun game to cover. This wasn't, this wasn't going to be a fun episode to record. So I just appreciate you trudging through it with me, nonetheless. There will be many, there's, yes, there will be many, many more opportunities to have some fun on these, but we had to get through this one, and thank you so much for getting through with me. That has been the Often Daunted Podcast. Yes, it was maybe a little bit of a short one, but <clears throat> just an awesome sit down with Noah. Um, unfortunately, I wish I could have just been bragging my face off and telling him how much those Nittany Lions suck, which historically they do, and we need to beat down on the Penn State Nittany Lions game in, game out, every time we face them on the basketball court. But nonetheless, I truly do appreciate him coming on. God bless you and yours, Hoosier fans. Thank you so much for the listen. I can't appreciate it enough. Again, this hobby, I, I, I just get so much out of it. I really do. I appreciate any of the engagement you guys give me. Um, always fun mixing it up with you, and I can't appreciate everything enough. Thank you so much for the listen. Have a great day, Hoosier fans. God bless you and yours. Lux at Veritas. Down with the Buckeyes. Go Hoosiers.